Tell me I'm recording. Did you hear it? I said continue no. or leave. <laughs> All right. We're going to start now. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to uh, Can You Relate Fit and Health? It's been a long time since I've done a podcast. So why not when I come back, I'm going to do it over Zoom and I'm going to do video now because I guess this is what we do. Uh, so <laughs> uh, my first guest uh, is someone who I had on my original podcast, uh, is Teresa. Nice Hello. to see you again. Um, and we're just kind of catch up. And one of the reasons why I brought Teresa back on was because uh, at the time when I did the interview, she was going into school. She was doing school uh, to get her college degree. And now she's graduated. And so um, I'm going to have her tell her story again from the beginning, you know, where she's come from and to where she is now. So go ahead, Teresa, what you got? Uh, well, uh, thank you for having me again. I'm happy to be you here. Got it. Yay. Then, uh, well, I grew up in a typically normal household, I guess. My mom, my dad, my brother, and I um, attended school. School was never something that came easy to me. Uh, I always had to work real hard just to get decent grades. Uh, I never liked it. I never really wanted to go or was excited to go. Um, but then after high school, I started college and you know, things got better. I actually liked college. Um, I was doing well. Um, but then, you know, life happened and my mom got sick. You know, she ended up passing away at 43 years old. And uh, then six months later, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, I left school to get treatment. You know, I ended, ended up going um, four chemotherapies and a month of radiation. Um, and I just never went back to school. After I finished my treatment, um, I ended up going to Burdan Institute, which is an allied healthcare, and earning a certificate um, in healthcare um, administration or medical office assisting. I don't, I don't know which one you really want to say. Um, right. And then I ended up uh, going to like an externship, and they hired me at a neurologist office in Clifton. And I stayed there for seven years, um, ended up getting married, having a baby, um, just life, you know, life happened. Uh, after our first son, seven years later, our second son came and um, he was born with um, congenital lobular emphysema, which basically meant the upper part of his left lung wasn't deflating. So every time he was taking a breath, his lung was just getting bigger and bigger and then ended up pushing his heart over to the right side of his chest and um, he had problems breathing and swallowing and he definitely couldn't eat and breathe at the same time. So he ended up having surgery at five days old, um, coming home actually seven years ago today, he came home from the hospital. So 11, 12. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, the day before Thanksgiving in 2014, 2014. <laughs> so um, that was pretty traumatizing emotionally. Honestly. Yeah. And um, my whole do you family, feel like it was? Do you feel like it was more probably? It was probably more traumatizing than probably going through your cancer originally. Yeah, because the cancer was me, and right, I had control of myself. And here's my innocent newborn, you know, and I couldn't do anything yeah. to help him. Right. It was frustrating, um, especially being in the medical industry. Like right. I know how things are supposed to work, and if I didn't see it working like I couldn't do I couldn't do anything about it to help him or it was it was just a, a very long 10 days with him in the hospital right um, 
but he's fine now. He's seven years old, just turned seven last week and he's doing well. That's um, awesome. And then uh, actually after his um, second birthday, I was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, so I had a two-year-old and an 11-year-old and diagnosed with breast cancer at 36 years old. Um, wow. So I ended up having uh, surgery and surgery and more surgery um, for reconstruction and mastectomies. And so that was, that was hard too on my family. But then after I finished treatment, um, I said, something's missing. Like I need, I need to do something. Um, let me finish one of my goals that I wanted. And I went, ended up enrolling in online college at Southern New Hampshire University for my bachelor's degree in healthcare administration. And it took me two and a half years. It was an accelerated program, but I graduated with honors and it's awesome. So happy to be done with that. And I'm sure you are. Yeah, it was, it was hard, you know, working full time, uh, right. having two kids, right. a house uh, and my, my family. It was a lot, especially, you know, springtime with the kids and baseball. And I also volunteered for the American Cancer Society for Relay for Life. And I wasn't going right. to that up. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot. But I managed and I did it. And I'm so happy to be finished. So, so happy. I'm I congratulations and especially doing it with honors too is amazing like I know how hard you work to do that and to get there so yeah it's amazing I was gonna do it I was gonna do it the right way so. right I get it um so when you went through your second cancer right the breast cancer yeah. was it similar to what you went through with the original cancer no no because my original cancer um it was in my lymph it was lymph my lymphatic system right so it was internal um, in my system. So I needed to have chemo radiation. Um, I ended up having to take daily shots to boost my immune system because the chemotherapy wiped my immune system completely out. Right. Um, I lost all my hair at 19 years old. Um, <laughs> it's hard. That was traumatic. That was probably the yeah. most traumatic part, um, for me. Um, especially that Irving and I had just started dating. So I was like a little self-conscious about that, but, um, right. You know, and then with the breast cancer, um, we didn't know going into surgery, you know, what the outcome was going to be. It all depended on the pathology report. And actually, the day before Thanksgiving in 2014, <laughs> we found out that my pathology was clear, that no um, no other cancer was found outside the, the original tumors. So that's and, that's great. And my lymph nodes were clear. So again, we had a very thankful <laughs> The other thing, yeah, because I didn't require any chemo or any further treatment. No tamoxifen, no, no hormone blockers, nothing. Just right. Nine other surgeries, but that's okay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah it's a lot, a it's yeah. People, a lot of people think that you know you have the double mastectomy and then you're done, but it it doesn't. It's not always like that. Um, right. So I I required um, the double mastectomy and then I did tissue expanders. And with the tissue expanders, you go to the doctor once a week and they like basically inject fluid into the tissue expanders to get to the, you know, make the, the size of your breasts like enough. Um, and that takes time. It takes about three to four months at the very earliest. Right. Um, and then after that, 
you're still not done because you then you do your exchange surgery, which is they take the tissue expanders out, you put your implants in, then you have to do, um, if you choose, you can do a nipple reconstruction, a tattoo uh, for your areolas, and it's it's just a long process. It took six months just in just in the procedures alone. Right, that's so, insane. Yeah. And so, how was you? How were you mentally during that time? I was okay. Um, what I attributed that to was just staying into my normal routine. Um, okay. I was only out of work about two and a half weeks. Um, oh wow! Your double mastectomy. Yeah, I went back to work pretty early because sitting at home was not something that was going to help me. Um, right. And I pretty much got back into my my normal routine. As fast How was but was it hard because uh, with the double mastectomy and all that, and you have a two year old and he wants to be picked up and all that. Was that, how was that? Uh, well, we explained to him that mommy has boo-boo uh, on yeah. his chest and that, you know, I couldn't pick him up, but I could still snuggle with him. You know, he would just have to be put on my lap um, and I could still hug him and kiss him, but I just right. pick him up and hold him. Um, okay. But he understood. Actually, we took him to the pediatrician. I took him to the pediatrician for like a, a checkup. And uh, the first thing he did when the doctor walked in, mommy has boo-boo on her chest. <laughs> and the, yeah. when I explained to the pediatrician, she almost started crying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, I guess you explain to the kids as best you can at that age what exactly it is, and they get it, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. How about your oldest? How was he during that whole thing? I think he was nervous. Um, okay. He did a good job at not really showing it to me. Um, okay. But he would talk to my sister-in-law, and who's like a second mom to him, and uh, he would, you know, ask to pray for pray for me when um, she would take him to school the day of my procedures or a doctor's appointment. Um, he goes, "Let's just stop and pray for mom before I go into school," or, you know, um, that's awesome. Yeah, but he, he, you know, he was a tough kid too, so he did he did well. He, you know, he he helped a lot. And he yeah, which is he helped with Daniel a lot too. So that was helpful. That's great because I know, especially at 11, he has an understanding of what is going on and, you know, or has a better understanding than your two-year-old does as to what's happening yeah. to you. Yeah. And he knew that I had, you know, the first cancer. So I think he was a little bit more concerned that now mommy's dealing with the second form of cancer. But After your first cancer, would you have like a yearly checkup to see how, and that's how you found about the breast cancer or was it during like a, an appointment that you had your yearly appointment at a gynecologist? Yeah, that's where the gynecologist found it on my yearly checkup. Um, I just okay. see my oncologist once a year, um, but he's not really feeling for breast um, lumps. He just right. feels, he feels like my lymph nodes. He does blood work. Um, I was getting CAT scans um, every three months for the first three years, then every six months for the first five years, and then after ten years, um, I stopped getting CAT scans. So okay. And what about now after the breast cancer? I see the breast surgeon twice a year. I see my plastic surgeon once a year. And every two years I do a breast MRI. Okay. Yeah. And I just hit four years in uh, November. So and that's awesome. And yeah. everything's still clear and everything's still good. good. Everything's good. Yep. Once I hit five years, she said I, I can go down to once a year with the breast surgeon. So that'll be, that'll be good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I know with you, I had heard you say um, one of the reasons why you want to go back to, to college, not just, you know, for yourself, obviously, but like to show your kids that, that yes, you can do right. 
do it too. Yes. Uh, I was, you know, toying with going back and I'm just, I, I was on the fence. I'm like, do I do it? Do I not do it? But then I want Jonathan and Daniel to go to college. And how could I tell them like, you have to go to college because, you know, you have to go without, you know, giving them a reason or showing them that you can do it. And I, right. I told Jonathan, like, I always wanted to do it. I never did it. I said, but God was telling me, like, you need to finish. Like, now is your time. So I started with one class online. I saw that I was able to do it. I increased to two classes. And it took me a little longer than I wanted. But uh, two and a half years for a bachelor's degree is not, not so bad. No, it's, it's, it's really good. It's definitely really good. And yeah, and now you showed your kids that yeah, it's this is the importance of going to college and yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so also, <laughs> um, I know you know prior to on a podcast we had talked about you know you going losing weight and all that stuff and so how's that going? Was doing really well until COVID <laughs> hit. Um, yeah, I was going to the gym three times a week. I was going to Weight Watchers once a week. I was down about 42 pounds, um, but then gym shut down, Weight Watchers shut down, and everything was virtual, and with my busy schedule between work and the kids and school, there was just no way that I was going to hold myself accountable to that, so I ended up gaining back almost all of my weight, but uh, okay. I'm working on it now, um, working with endocrinologist and trying to get more active and get back to the gym and got to refocus. Okay. And now that the, uh, getting your degree is off the plate, basically, you know, that's one checklist thing done. Yeah. Now it gives you a little bit more time. A little bit more breathing. Plus, yeah. Right. And it brings your stress level down a little bit too. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I know when we would go to the gym sometimes, I'd be like, Oh, I have an assignment due tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you, have you been back to a gym recently or? No. Yeah. No, my endocrinologist basically didn't want me to go back until, um, the vaccination was out. And then after I was fully vaccinated and the boosters started to get, um, talked about, I asked her, should I get the booster? And she ended up checking my, um, <clears throat> my levels and she goes, yeah, you need the booster because your antibodies are like a one, which is almost nothing. Right. So, recently got my booster. And I graduated November 7th. So now I'm, I'm ready to start planning a little bit more. Plus yeah. you know, Ir Irving's job was, was, uh, was a big factor in it too. He was basically traveling from, G from February until April, Tuesday through Thursday, he wasn't home. So right. that was a, that was a lot too. Um, yeah. Now he's that is a lot every night. So that makes it a lot easier too with the kids. Well, that's good. That yeah. makes it, able to get to the gym a little bit and do some, yeah. some working out yeah. or we can meet <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I'm not trying to push myself, <laughs> but in the past you and I have worked together yeah. uh, before. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's good. So you're getting back on track with your Weight Watchers. Is it like first of the year type of thing or is it more like, you don't really have a set date when you want to start. It's more of a gradual thing as it happens. I need to get back to a meeting because I always find that getting back to the meeting and meeting with the coach one-on-one, -on -one, um, it just, something just clicks with me and her. Like it just like, it gets in my head, like, okay, you can do this. 
It's not as hard as you're, you're making it to be in your head. Right. Just, just get it done. And I know I can do it because I've done it before. It's just a matter of getting myself to the meeting and refocusing and planning everything. Right. As, and also with the meeting, do you like being with other people in the meeting as well? I find that very that support. Yeah, yeah, I find it helpful because they're going through the same thing or they've gone through the same thing that you're dealing with. And, you know, you're not alone. And that always is always encouraging to me when I'm like, okay, you're not a failure. This, this is not, you're not, you're not a failure. You can do this. It happens to everybody. Even my coach says that she ended up trying, trying and failing three or four times before it clicked with her. So. Right. Yeah. And that's just it though, because, and again, like with COVID and everything with the gym shutting down and I know even for myself, I got off track and like, I'd still work out every day, but like, I wasn't eating the cleanest. I know that for yeah. a fact. And so like, it's taken me a good, like almost a year and a half to really get back to where I was prior to COVID again. So yeah, it's not, easy. No, it's, not it's hard. It's hard, but it's, it's one of those things of like, uh, it ebbs and flows. Right. And it's much, I, I kind of say this to everyone. It's okay to have, a bad day it's okay to be frustrated it's okay to you know it's okay to uh want to have that we'll call it junk food for bad, lack of a better word but like that comfort food is more of what i'm trying to go yeah. it's okay to eat that comfort food it's okay to have all that but it's being able to get back on track again yeah. shortly after having that comfort food and continuing yeah. so for me it's a matter of pre-planning my meals because that, yeah. that just helps me um that i'm not like running to, you know, fast food or just something I can, you know, like a frozen pizza that's just easy to, to throw in the oven. And lunch too is a big thing for me. If I don't prepare my lunch, pre, like pre-pack it or pre-plan it for the week, it's just, I'm going to make bad choices. Right. And what's your favorite thing to, uh, to pre-pack? What's your favorite prep meal, meal that you prep? Oh, I like the, um, the salads from ShopRite. They come in, um, like individual little circle bowls. Um, okay. Like Santa Fe salad. And it comes with the dressing, um, all the sides that, so you can put as much of like the cheese or the croutons in as you want. And then um, it comes with like a little mini fork. It's like this big. It's so cute. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and then the dressing comes in a separate little container. And it's just like the perfect amount of dressing because, you know, if you've given that big jar of dressing, you're just going to keep pouring. Oh yeah. Yeah. Portion <laughs> so, size. Yeah. It's a thing. It's yeah. Portion control. When there's no more, there's no yeah. more. You can't. That's that's it. And it right. usually ends up being like I think between seven and ten Weight Watchers points, which is pretty good because, you know, um, well depending everybody's different, but I was getting twenty three points a day. So seven to okay. points for one meal is, is not bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah. And then you have would you find you with the Weight Watcher that you would have majority of your points prior to dinner or would you save it up and then have dinner use, beer i would use the majority of my points for dinner um okay i would try and and do like zero point snacks so zero point snacks are fruits vegetables um grilled chicken uh turkey breast any like white meat that was grilled um it was right points. So okay if i was having a salad greens salad the only thing that the points were, were for like the croutons, the cheese and the dressing. Sure. So, you know, that wasn't bad. And then my snack, I would try to do a piece of fruit um, or a very low sugar yogurt. Um, right. 
by itself. Um, okay. Which ended up being like one or two points. So I would try and stick to like a zero point breakfast or a very like one or two point breakfast. Right. Um, eggs were zero points too. So that was pretty helpful. I would have um, like a, a hard boiled egg or a scrambled egg. Um, uh, so that was, you know, pretty nothing and like zero points in the morning. And then maybe a one or two point uh, snack throughout the day. Um, right. And lunch. And then the, I would save the rest for dinner. So. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Makes it, it sense. Worked. I mean, it worked. I lost 42 pounds. So. Yeah, that's good. And you're going to do it again. Okay. You'll do it again. I have to. I have to. It's my health. So I have to do it. Right. Exactly. And, you know, especially having the breast cancer again, it's one of those things of like maintaining it, trying to maintain a healthy weight and all that helps with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want cancer a third time. Yeah. I, I'm sure. <laughs> uh so in terms of exercise as well i know when we work out together you you know you need that person there it's like much with weight watchers right you need that support yeah. system there while you're in the gym i mean if you were to go on the gym by yourself you was it mostly like a cardio based thing or would you try the weights uh well when i wasn't with you i would do the elliptical for the five or ten minutes um at first and then i got up to 23 to 30 minutes by myself that was good. And then I would do like the machines. I wouldn't really do the weights by myself because I'm just not comfortable with like the form. Um, right. If you do weights the wrong way, you can really hurt yourself. Um, yes, so, you can. And so I don't want to, yeah. I don't trust myself enough to like be able to do it, you know, and think that I'm doing it right and then end up, you know, making it worse. So right. I would do the machines like the bike, um, the rowing, um, I forget the one that we do with the ab machine. I would do that. Yeah, the ab machine. Yeah. Um, and then I also know, especially because you had breast cancer and all that stuff, there's certain like chest exercises you really can't do because the implant might pop out and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, there's things to be <laughs> careful with that as well. It's a little limited. <laughs> right. So yes, yes, it is. Did you have uh, lymphedema after breast cancer? I, I don't, but you can get it at any point after. It's not like, okay. saying, oh, you're five years yeah. out, you're never going to get lymphedema anymore. I am susceptible to get it for the rest of my life. It can okay. happen now. It can happen 20 years from now, 30 years from now. So, but so far, you've been shown no signs of it, right? No, no I'm no. very blessed. Yes, that is good. That's great. Uh, and so, I guess between your two cancers that you've had right when you were 19 and then when you were 36, uh, what's, what's the biggest difference takeaway between the two? Obviously the two cancers are totally different, but like in terms of mindset, one being your younger age, right coming out of, you know, high school, first year of college to being in your mid thirties, like with kids, like, did you feel like you handled it differently? Obviously because you have the kids or yeah. just, I was, um, I was not nervous. I don't want to say nervous because I always had that faith that I would be okay. I was right. always looking at the bigger picture of, okay, let's get this procedure done so I can move on and get back to my life. But what I didn't like was that I wasn't able to take care of my family like I was wanted to. Okay. Um, and Irving even said, and he didn't mean it in a bad way, but he even said, oh, I can't wait till you can do your mom job. <laughs> Because then right. he, really, he really realized, like, how much I really do for the kids. 
Um, right. Because my mother-in-law came and helped for a week um, with Daniel and Jonathan. Um, but then when she went back home and he was the one getting them ready in the morning, taking them where they needed to go, picking them up, making sure everybody was fed and had lunches and laundry. He kind of realized, oh, wow, it's a lot more work than I really kind of even thought about. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. And how are you feeling now after everything? At this good. point in your life, you feel good? I feel good. I'm happy. I'm happy. That's I good. Complete a goal. I'm happy I'm taking care of my family. I'm happy I'm working in, a, in the healthcare industry, giving back. Um, right. Because that's important to me too. I treat every patient like a family member because that's how I was treated. Um, I'll go above and beyond to help my patients out um, because they're scared. You know, they're having surgery on their spinal, you know, cord, right. which is scary. Yes. Um, so a lot of times, you know, they hear surgery and then they don't hear anything else. Um, right. But then even though I'm going through them step by step in the office, like what needs to happen, you know, they go home and I'm like, Teresa, I didn't hear a thing you said. <laughs> so that's why it's written down. And that's why we right. have a folder with all the information in it. But I give them my email, my phone number. Or I tell them to call me anytime. They need to call me three times a day. They need to call me three times a day. It is what it is. That's yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing that you give back like that. And that's, that's incredible because again, you were in that position, right? And now you're giving back to those people because you know what it's like. Yeah. A lot of patients, they say, Oh, thank you for, you know, everything you're doing. I'm like, well, I'm a patient too. So I know what it's like to be on your side and, right. you know, um, I would want to be treated this way. So that's how I'm going to treat you. That's awesome. That's you're my inspiration. I'm no. being serious. Yes, I've told you this several times. Like, you're an inspiration. You are an inspiration to me with everything you've gone through. You really are. Thank you. But I'm just trying to be a good person and give back. That's all I'm trying to do. And that's, that's inspiring, too. Yeah. It and is. That's why I'm part of Relay for Life, too, with the American Cancer Society, because I want to help raise money so we have less people hearing that, you know, they have cancer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, sweet. Well, thank you for taking the time again. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be back. Yay. Uh, <laughs> and congratulations again on graduating, graduating college. Thank you so much. Yay. <laughs> Yay. All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for watching. Uh, try to get another episode as soon as I can. Uh, and uh, great. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye.